Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Like to propose a toast to Charlie for being my lucky charm. Women call him. You're that Charlie or Charlie. Good luck, Chuck. You're a lucky charm. You have sex with someone and then they find their true love. Isn't that how it works? Has everybody lost their minds? That's ridiculous. I guess you are a lucky charm. Do you want to have sex before or after dinner? Actually, I have dinner plans. Buddy, you got the ticket to the big show. You have 108 messages. Yeah, I don't do that with men. This is Molly, Jenny, Danielle, Stacy. This is Bob. Just hear me out. But now. I'm Cam. I'm Charlie. I. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yes. Fess up about this charm. It's quite a scam you got going. No, it's not me. People will believe whatever they want to believe. What seems like a blessing. Cam's the one man. What makes you think I'll be kissing you, huh? All right. Feels like a curse. If you sleep with her, she's going to marry the next guy she dates. That's not true. Started calling all your exes. They're married. It's real. I hate you. I got to go. You look great. I had a good time. I got to go. To get the girl of his dreams, Chuck will do anything. I've got to put the curse to the test. With anyone. Eleanor Skeppel. This chick ain't never getting married. I actually thought that maybe we could get physical. I'm gonna ride you till you die. This summer, Ah! true love. Now? Not now. Where do I get this? never been so hard. Come over. I want to. I just don't think that we should. Does your phone receive pictures? Dane Cook, Jessica Alba. Good luck, Chuck. What's sex without love? Sex! It's still sex! Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damie Network, and to find more from us, check out the website, themaindamie.com, or are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Damie. We are also a now proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You can find them at gbnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. 
Hey, how's it going? Before we get started, I got a hot stock tip for you. GameStop. Buy it now. (laughs) (laughs) When it goes to the moon between now and Thursday, you guys will know. That that still has my favorite. The the best meme to come out of that was the the Daddy Musk. (laughs) I don't know why, man, but just the just those two words put together are just so disturbing and hilarious. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to get into the whole Elon no. Musk cult. But no. <laughs> this week, before we get into this week's movie, gentlemen, what are you watching? I actually had a question. I, I watched a ton of movies, and I don't remember any of them. Um, I had a question for you guys, because of who the the main character in our movie that we watched this week was abysmal. If you had to do... Of Mount Rushmore of just bad actors. Who do you put up there? I I know I'm kind of springing it on you guys. Okay. But if if you had to, if maybe we could all come together to create our own Mount Rushmore of the, horrible actors. Not ones that we enjoy watching. But exactly. Just, yeah. Yeah. yeah and terrible not, actor. Not like Malibu, who okay. yes, he's a bad ac- actor, but we enjoy seeing him. And is this spurred on by Dane Cook or Jessica Alba? Dane Cook. Dane Cook. Okay. Because Alba has shown glimpses of being a good actor. Mm-hmm. Depending on what shirt she's wearing. No, no, no. <laughs> don't, don't go putting words in my mouth. All right. I, this is she has done some decent work here and there, but it's okay. again few and far between. But still, she's better than Dane Cook. Sure, I will give you that. Yeah. Mark, you got any? You got uh, any? So obviously Gerard Butler. <laughs> oh you bastard no um i think oh i i wonder if it see the whole throwing it in there to have to actually be bad for some reason the first name that came to my head was hayden christensen okay that's not a bad pick yeah 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 because there's a whole bunch that ran in my head when it was like people we enjoy mm-hmm. you know i was like how do i whittle this down but thinking about who i don't enjoy and Maybe it's just the last taste in my mouth of Hayden Christensen was the uh, movie. Yep, I'm going to leave that in there. And I saw those eyes move. <laughs> was uh, um, uh, the movie with Nick Cage. Outcast. Outcast. Yeah. You know, so I haven't seen him. Um, I remember him being the worst part of Jumper. Um, <laughs> yeah, that movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think he's a good starting off point. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. There's obvious ones like Carrot Top, but he was in one movie. Um, <laughs> chairman of the board. Carrot top chairman of the board. It's on Amazon Prime, guys. Yeah. Don't be, don't worry. <laughs> I'm well aware of chairman. I just remember the top Norm McDonald Conan O'Brien thing. <laughs> um, what about you, Dan? What I'm trying to think right now. Are you gonna uh, say? Are you gonna say Dan Cook? No, no, no. I actually have a pretty good one. I and you guys will know. Uh, Jai Courtney. Oh yes, yeah. you hate Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. Uh, Jai Courtney is the. Ooh, who I don't think he's Abe Lincoln. I wouldn't give him Abe Lincoln status. Oh, uh, is he Jefferson? Yeah, I think I got to put him there because he's not badass enough to be uh, Teddy. Okay. <laughs> Jefferson was just kind of he was there. He was cool. I forgot. I forgot we were doing uh, Mount Rushmore's and I was like, where is he going with this? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> that's what I'm connecting it to. <laughs> Um, yeah, he, he would be my pick. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some bad actresses. Yeah, Ooh, absolutely. Yeah, let's not be sexist. Put them, definitely yeah. put them up there. Uh, I mean... They did multiple movies. Yeah. You know, not like a, a model that did one movie, you know? Yeah. yeah. <sighs> I'm going to, like... 
I've never been a big fan of Bill Pullman. Really? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like between the Bills, Paxton, far superior. Yeah, that's true. That's well, you know who I'm going to pick? I'm going to pick Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good there, one. There's he... just there's one line reading from the usual suspects that like cuts through me like a knife. Um, it's when they find um, Benicio del Toro's body and on the beach, mm-hmm. and then he's like really emotional about it, and then he's like, "We gotta bury him." And I think it's like Gabriel Byrne who's like, "Well, how the fuck are we gonna do that?" And then he's like, "With our hands." It's like really <laughs> emotional. For some reason, that scene just sticks out with me of a movie that I don't think is all that good. Um, it's a C plus movie with an A plus ending. That's right. Everyone talks episode. about the ending. Yeah, that's not for this epi- this podcast. But um, yeah, Stephen uh, Baldwin. I'm gonna... Paulie Shore. If we're going with Baldwin, yeah. right? Paulie, Paulie Shore. Shore. Yeah, you, you can do that. I, I'm I'm struggling with actresses. I, there's not yeah. a whole lot of actresses that there's I. There's gotta I, be someone. It's because we respect women. Yeah, I I think they're all great in their own way. Yeah, I just I, I, yeah, I'm struggling with those. Lena Dunham. Uh, like I don't like it's yeah, like, like shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah. And I've watched yeah. five seasons of Girls, so it's not like me just being like, ooh, she's gross. I watched all of that, so I know. Yeah. <laughs> right. I I mean if we're if we're going off of their movies, uh I mean I I love Amelia Clark in Game of Thrones, but in her movies, not great. Yeah. But I I don't think she's Mount Rushmore worthy, you know? No, it's like some things like I love when I was growing up and probably still do had the biggest crush on Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. She's not a good actress. Yeah, Jennifer Love Hewitt, not a great yeah. actress, but she was like my first crush that I just See, take here Mark. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I was I was going to say one, but then I I don't I don't know. Jennifer Lopez popped in my head, but then I started remembering some good roles and then it was like, it's, you know, but oh, that yeah. might be the closest I could think of. Maybe Jennifer I have Aniston. Um, you know. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Okay. Yeah. She would be my pick if we were Ooh, doing Katie the... Holmes, if we're sticking with the Rachel Dawes. <laughs> okay, yes. As as, yeah. as she she was better than uh Katie Holmes, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but anytime I see Maggie Gyllenhaal, it's just like I just I want Jake. <laughs> just give me Jake. <laughs> Why can't we just put Jake Gyllenhaal here? <laughs> Uh, just Spader and Jake Joan Holland's secretary. <laughs> Bale diving out to save Jake Gyllenhaal in uh, The Dark Knight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the reason why I was thinking about it was I, I, I watched uh, this movie, and then I watched, for some god-awful reason, another Dane Cook movie. Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah, I don't know why, but uh, it had Jessica month? Simpson in it. Yeah. She could probably go up there, too. That, that's the only other Dane Cook movie I know, and yeah. I was hoping there wasn't a third. Well, it, it, it's funny because, you know, I don't like to admit these things to many people, but I was a Dane Cook fan. Oh, I, I saw Torgasm in concert at Penn State. So did I. Not at Penn State, but I saw it at, uh, I think I saw it at the Garden. Laugh my ass off. I'm so glad. This is my badge of honor for this episode, (laughs) where I had the opportunity to go to that same Penn State Dane Cook show, and I did not go to it. Because you're so snobby. I've never seen Dane Cook in concert, and I'm going to put that on my headstone. I I think, (laughs) looking back on it. Never saw Dane Cook in concert. (laughs) We'll say that you're uh, the eulogy. There's one thing about Ant. (laughs) 
<laughs> you never saw Dane Cook. Yeah, yeah. Amen. I saw um, Tracy Morgan, though, when he came. Oh, he's great. Tracy Morgan's great. Uh, I'll tell people that all the time. <laughs> uh, but lo- looking back on it, I was in high school, like towards the end of high school when he his rise came about. Dane Cook, not Tracy Morgan. Um, and I would listen to his comedy albums, and like no one else laughed. So to me, I thought it was like, well, it's the children who were wrong. It's not me. I know funny, all right? right. I'm a funny guy. Uh, but no one else thought so. And my, I stopped liking him after I saw Waiting, because... Uh, I don't know how many people remember that movie Waiting. I love Waiting, to be honest. They, they, but in the in the coming attractions, they kind of built he, up Dane Cook's part. He's the worst part of that movie. He is easily the worst part of that movie. And they Everyone, were, yeah, they were basically bankrolling. Oh, he's hot right now, so we'll just yeah. put him in the coming attractions. Yeah. And, that, and he maybe has like three lines. Yeah, and that includes Caitlin Doubleday, who, who is barely a character in that movie. Yeah, it's. I, I left that theater and I just like, man, <laughs> this guy is not set to be an actor. Now I gotta, now I gotta go look up who. <laughs> I just rolled with it because I thought both of you knew who it was. That's uh, just yeah. Mom's girlfriend in that movie. Um, I've watched Waiting way too many times, and I'd like to admit. Um, but yeah, the um. Ooh yeah, man, he's got so many people I can't stand. Oof. Yeah. Basically, just him and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> Justin oh, Long, too. Throw him in there for good measure. The cast of Waiting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that shows you how bad Dane goes in that movie. He could be easily the worst part of that cast. Yeah. It, it was just disappointing. And at, at that point, I just realized, you know what? He's he's no longer my cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen I, Waiting. I mean, I don't know when I grew out. Maybe it was after Vicious Circle for Dane Cook. Like, getting excited. Oh, his new comedy special. And I saw it and I was like, yeah, this isn't I like not laughing at it, you know. Yeah. And just going, oh, maybe I've grown past this. I think that might have been the time. Um, because at, in at Tourgasm time, I was in. Had my sister bought me the DVD of the uh, the HBO thing um, oh, special, for Christmas yeah. um, and all that stuff, and went to the thing. But yeah, but looking back, I'm like, you were you were an idiot. <laughs> Look, well, man, I think. I mean, maybe it's just because that's when we came of age, but 2000, the 2000s yeah. are an awful time for pop culture. Yeah. Mm. It's It'll a black mad. hole. It is. I mean, besides the emo music, um, <laughs> but like the rise of Paris Hilton yeah. and TMZ and all that stuff. It's an, it was in multiple movies. We can throw her in the mouth. It's, an yeah. aw- it's a decade of awful people becoming popular. Yeah. Right. We were at a very strange, you know, obviously you, we were kind of thrown through a loop as a nation. Mm-hmm. Post, post 9-11, man. You can yeah. blame it all on 9-11. Yeah, we, we were just latching on to anybody at that point, and it really showed. You we know, latched like on to Tom Green. Latched, what we did is we latched on to narcissists that didn't care about 9-11, right? <laughs> Like 9/11 did not slow them down, and no. that's who we gravitated towards. We like we wanted to be those people. We wanted sure. people that didn't give a fuck. Be I'm just hot, you know, which was yeah. debatable to be honest with you. Looking back, yeah. like eh, you know, <laughs> we were teenagers. Pretty much like everybody was hot. Anyone who was a celebrity was right. deemed hot, really. And it was just like this, they got super skinny, and then we everyone was wearing low-rise jeans and chunky highlights and fake tans. Mm-hmm. Awful, awful. Yeah. When they're just, when we just, get, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was, I was gonna, gonna say, say just an LFO video come to life. Yeah, 
But like, <laughs> we're gonna look down 15, 20 years from now when they start making movies that take place in the 2000s. It's gonna be ugly looking. Yeah. No did one's you, gonna be happy. Did you hear that thing that um, if they if the Wonder Years started today, the the it would take place in 2001 because look, it's because Mark, don't yeah. do this to us. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw it today. I had to share it. Make everyone look, feel. Old. I could talk about how we are older than Stacy's mom. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Gross. Well, it, I I feel bad because you know we're we're here shitting on Dane Cook or preparing to do so um and life has kind of done that already to him but know, wasn't he like fucking a 17 year old not too long ago probably i i think it was like borderline right she was like 18 maybe like, yeah like barely yeah. <laughs> like, uh, something but, that is exactly a joke in the movie waiting <laughs> right <laughs> but it's but it, you know he he his brother stole from him his he got accused of stealing jokes at the the underage possibility and you know like you i was thinking about it like man we're you know obviously if dane cook hears this i'm sure he won't care but what's one more right <laughs> right guys what's yeah. one more he'll just, he'll just <laughs> the soup on. fly and walk away oh uh, i don't know does he can he still do that is that still his thing the the super finger yeah it's uh I have a picture of myself doing that. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I smell episode art. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, not good. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into this movie, but before we do, we're going to take a break and listen to some ads so we can pay those bills. So we will be right back. And welcome back. And this week's movie was Dan's pick. Dan, do you want to introduce this week's movie? Yes, uh, we got into, for some reason, Good Luck Chuck with Dane Cook and Jessica Alba. Okay. Um, why, why did you say, by some reason, when it was your choice? I, I like, don't know why I chose You didn't chose spin Good a wheel. Or something. <laughs> yeah. No, because so if you listen to the show, we usually have good reasons why we choose the movies we choose. Uh, I can't for the life of me remember why i chose this movie if i, I really can shed can't. some if i could shed some light you yes. gave me two options okay one was good luck chuck and the other one was year one okay uh, still it i have no idea why i chose this so you came you came with violence this week uh <laughs> i came with but I, I chose violence and i said i said of those two i would pick good luck chuck if we were yes. going to do an episode okay the, my reason being good luck chuck seemed like it's from 2007 which as we discussed was a cesspool of pop culture um but it kind of uh was a movie that probably worked maybe it worked at the time and most likely didn't work now year one just seemed like it's bad because it's just kind of like a a dull misfire of people that have been in better things. So this seemed like more of a disaster than just something that would wind up being kind of like, ah, it was just boring, you know? Yeah. People that we've seen be better are just kind of like phoning it in, more or less. Um, yeah, and so this movie is crying. Yeah. yeah. And none more evident than uh, Dan Fogler. Oh, yeah. But uh, where are you guys coming from though with this? Have you seen this before? I had seen bits and pieces, and... I just I vaguely remember just being very unimpressed, very just eh, like Jessica Alba's in it. Great. But man, this is it didn't leave. It did it to me again because I, I remember seeing it and it didn't leave an impression on me. 
and I just watched it, and I can't remember why I watched it. So <laughs> that's that's really that should have been on the the poster for the movie. Why did we watch this? Yeah. What about you, Mark? Have you ever seen this? No, it feels like a movie I should have seen when I was still doing DVDs for Netflix. Mm. Um, like especially with the talk that we had about um how much of a Dane Cook fan I was back then. Um, but no, uh, I had not seen this before. Um, yeah, it, 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 I forget, we had another movie earlier, like maybe sometime last year that like, it felt like I should have seen that movie, but did not. Um, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, yeah, this, this thing's not very good, but it would have seemed like one of the dumb things I put in there, um, (laughs) to, you know, uh, when I was watching a whole lot more movies than I do now. Um, but yeah, it was. I didn't have any high hopes going in, and it it somehow um, went below those expectations um, with a lot of the stuff uh, that ties into the reason why I don't like Dane Cook anymore. You know, uh, it seems like maybe I've outgrown the humor of this movie sure. um, for the most part. And uh, the only part of it was there was a little kernel of something in there, but they turned it into completely unwatchable and not really funny of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just felt like a an excuse for Dane Cook to be around naked women for weeks on end. And I'm surprised you haven't seen this, because not only were you a big Dane, Dane Cook fan, apparently you're a huge Jessica Alba fan, which <laughs> is... I mean, I mean, Idle Hands and uh, Sin City. Okay. Can we forget about Honey? Um, so... So, okay, first of all, let's backtrack for the audience. Um, we put up a poll, I put up a poll today, basically, uh, so asking the question that was all the rage in the mid-2000s, once again, where the cesspool pop culture reigned. Uh, it's 2005, and w- w- pick your Jessica, Jessica Biel or Jessica Alba. Um, Dan picked Jessica Biel, which I thought he would have said Jessica Alba. I don't know why. He just felt like an Alba, Alba guy for me. And then I assumed, because... I know Mark a very long time, and I know a few things about him. He loves the CW, or did love the CW. He loves Varsity Blues, and he loves Summer Catch. Now, two of those things have Jessica Biel in it, so I assumed that Mark was going to be a huge Jessica Biel fan. I have never heard Mark ever talk about Idle Hands, Sin City, and now Honey (laughs) in my life. (laughs) Well, I'll admit to... I had said to Dan um, that I didn't have a good movie reason to back up my thing. Just between the two of them, I prefer Alba. Um, so I picked the two most random movies that I knew would get a reaction out of you. Uh, <laughs> you. Dis- despite the fact that I do like both of those movies, to be honest, or at the time when I watched them, I liked both of them. So, but I don't know if it was a clear factor that she was um, the reason. Um, but the, to be honest, the whole reason I like Summer Catch is because I'm a sucker for baseball movies um, more than the hot wom- women in it. Um, that might be the reason. And you completely misread that I never watched Seventh Heaven. So, you know, that whole thing. Um, that was uh, completely understandable with my uh, love of CWWB uh, teen dramas at the time. But um didn't watch much Seventh Heaven to get, um, you know, attached to Jessica Biel that way. Um, and didn't watch any Dark Angel, which you were about to fight me if that was the reason why <laughs> I picked Jessica Alba over Jessica Biel. Um, I just felt like that if you um, if you gave me the choice 
based on, you know, uh, back then seeing one of them on the poster or something, I would lean Alba, you know, more than Beale. And Mark, uh, look, Mark, I 100% agree with you. Gun to my head, I would pick Jessica Alba over Jessica yeah, Beale. I, I don't However, have a good movie reason for that. It's yeah. just personally, you know. like, I've never been huge on either of them, but like, they're objectively gorgeous, both of them, yes. obviously. Um, but they were never my first picks. Like, oh, this is the hottest woman in Hollywood or whatever. But uh, it just it blows my mind. <laughs> Got to be honest. Well, be honest with I, I, I'll say, and I said it just a couple minutes ago. I think the biggest reason for your thing was your misread of the CW shows that I've watched. Maybe. And after watching this movie, I completely understand why you completely turned off by Jessica Alba. Because yeah. I hate her in this movie. And it's yeah, not even her it's acting. Yeah. It's what she does throughout the entire movie. She's... Yeah. Oh, I dislike this movie so much. <laughs> I've never seen it before. I've never yes. seen this movie before. Once again, put that on my tombstone. I also <laughs> didn't watch Good Luck Chuck until I had to do it for a podcast. Um, oh, yeah. I, this movie was unpleasant. <laughs> That's all yeah, I can say about but- it. That's yeah, we're we're getting back to our roots, man. I'm 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 really yeah. digging it. Uh, it's it's the the one thing I think that threw you off. And uh, Mark told me the reason he likes summer catches Brian Dennehy. That's that's really <laughs> yeah, I'm a that's huge what, Brian Dennehy fan. That's what gets him going. Yeah, that's why I watch Robocop so much. Jessica Biel, who? No, I'm sorry, Rambo. Rambo, oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> and it's first blood, dick. <laughs> if we're being nitpicky, yes. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that. I know that we kind of we uh, we pick this one uh, because it's uh, if if anything it's problematic AF. Yes, it yes, is. the entire movie. Yeah, oh yeah. And again, this is I think a lot of actors will look back on this and say, yeah, we couldn't get away with this, and I hope no one else watches this movie because they could. Some things could definitely be canceled here. Oh yeah, there. <laughs> according to our Letterboxd review, there are at least four rapes in this movie. Uh, <laughs> I counted three, but um, you know, um, I'll I'll leave it to that person. I'm sure I'm misreading now, one of them. Now, is it Chuck doing it or being? So no, I I think I think he gets raped at least twice. Well, I I think the his th- his receptionist rapes him. Yeah, for the most part. The the girl in the beginning of the movie attempts to rape him. Okay. <laughs> Does the cop? No, the cop is No, consensual. that's consensual. She just yeah. doesn't want to kiss him. Right. And I know Stu sexually harasses every woman he comes across. Uh, That's an attempted rape, too. Yes. A rape and, of, of false pretenses. Correct. Yeah. He's, he's pretending to be Chuck. Mm. Yeah, it's like, it's weird because Dan Fogler... Uh, he was in the Fantastic Beast movie, and he's actually pretty good in that movie. Yeah, everything he's like the most enjoyable else, part about those movies. Yeah, and everything else, it's just like, how, who decided that like he could be in movies? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, you look like you could be a leading star. Just, <laughs> it, it kind of, he's one of those guys. He's like Clint Howard in that he gives everyone else hope. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like this is this is sort of like the Zach Galifianakis role. In Pre- the Hangover, like, this is this is supposed to like put him into the stratosphere, right? This like yeah. that's always the the supporting role in a in an edgy comedy where that guy gets the stars in the next movie, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. but oof, that yeah. that role does not does not hold up, man, under a yeah. twenty one microscope. Um, I, I don't even of know like if Sam it does. Kinison. Yeah, 
but I don't even know if it holds up in a 2007 microscope. There's a lot of eesh, like, man. Yeah. But <laughs> so, we... yeah, and even even the even the very beginning, um, and I only found this out through IMDb because um, I didn't notice it at first. But uh, the the fat kid in the beginning is would now rather everybody know that he was on the Goldbergs more than uh, this movie. He probably goes, oh, good luck, dude. That wasn't me. <laughs> right. it's, it's completely different. No nope, mistakes nope, were made. Not, not, not me in that movie. Um, but yeah, everything about this movie, um, it was like you said. I'm like I felt uncomfortable watching most of it. I think the most slightly non uncomfortable scenes, um where whenever the brother character would be there. Are you talking about not Jimmy Fallon? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Just because it was like something that wasn't about sex when he was on screen, you know, it was about weed, but, um, you know, I'm like, okay, good. This isn't all right. There, there might be a funny joke here. There never was, but it was at least a little bit of hope, but yeah, every time anything that, um, you know, Stu did in this movie was just like, how, how did that get past anybody that reads these things? Mm-hmm. Like in terms of scripts or the network or not network, um, the studio, studio or any, like, I'm like, was it just that they didn't care or they were trying to do, was Apatow stuff out at this point? Uh, Probably. I think so. I think yeah. we looked this up like, up. yeah. Yeah. W- knocked were up, they trying to be that and just didn't know why his stuff worked back then? You know what? It was the same year. Well, the the problem is the writers of this movie, uh, Josh Stolberg, Steve Glenn, they they chose like certain they chose certain things that they thought would be good character traits, but it doesn't flesh out the character at all. So Jessica Alba's brother is a stoner, but he has nothing beyond yeah. being a stoner. Uh, Jessica Alba is clumsy. There's nothing beyond her being clumsy. Uh, again, Stu, uh, Dan Fo- uh, Fogler, he's a pervert and that's, that's it. You know, like there, there's nothing beyond those traits. There's no good character building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think one of the big things about this is like, so I guess we were, I guess we were a little spoiled with, uh, but I'm sure there, you know, there are things of American pie that mm-hmm. were, you know, now questionable, like recording someone that doesn't know they're being recorded. Um, <laughs> but like. You know, that was our coming-of-age movie, right? For, yeah. It came out in 1999. And I guess this is it, uh, sort of around, you know, I'm sure this is, like, probably some group of teens that was like, this is the first time I ever saw boobs in a movie. This is this movie's awesome. Right. But I've I've never seen a sex comedy that just makes the act of sex seem so miserable. Yeah. Seems <laughs> right. so uninviting. Yeah, <laughs> because it's, it's, it's always a chore, in this yeah. movie, it, it's really as if he's kind of a slave to it. It's clinical too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's incredible how they like packed it with boobs, which is second second movie in a row where we just like up uh, past eleven when it comes to the boob rating. Um, yeah, but yeah, this was less less sexy than Savage Beach to say the least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. As I mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, there's there's like the smallest of nuggets of a of probably somebody it's this feels like a movie that was like a bunch of people in front of a whiteboard or probably a cork board at this point um and we're just throwing out ideas and the the kernel of the idea of hey what if a guy um every person that he sleeps with the next person they date get is like they get married to that person mm-hmm. you know and but they didn't know what to do with that so they just built a sex comedy around it and yeah. 
tried to connect to it, and it never really connected. Like you said, it made everything seem uh, clinical because they tried to make it a comedy. You know, maybe for drama, maybe it works better. Not with Dane Cook, but, you know, just using that idea. And it just it just felt like it was just a bunch of... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume there were no women in the writer's room for this. Um, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> a bunch of guys sitting around, just like I said, with the cork board, putting up index cards of, you know, funny situations or moments or lines and then trying to mush them into a movie. Because um, it never it never felt like there was no development of any characters, even Dane Cook's character. You know what would make this a way more interesting story is if it's the complete opposite that happens every time that Dane Cook uh, has sex with a woman, like something bad happens to them. So now it's like he's trying to find true love, but everyone's terrified of him. <laughs> yeah, horror it's, movie. Yes, this yeah. movie is so much better as a horror movie. Yeah, and you, yeah, you could like maybe he becomes jaded more and more. It happens. It's just I, I think you can kind of pull off a, a better. You could even pull off a better love story that way because now you're Jessica Alba is willing to sacrifice whatever. And you can make it cartoony, the things that happen to these people, or you can make it serious if we wanted to go horror. But Final Destination. Just, sure, yeah. like <laughs> someone, Because, you know, listen, am I going to sit here and tell you that Dane Cook's an ugly guy? No. He's he's a pretty good-looking guy. Although HD does him no favors. In, yeah. <laughs> in Especially in that first scene. Yeah, oh, yeah. His blowjob face. And, <laughs> I mean... You know, you're comp- uh, you know, sometimes your complexion's not great. Um, but Listen. the makeup artist did him no favors. No. But again, he's uh, to me, he's an above average looking guy. Yeah, I don't sure. think there's yeah. uh, I don't think there's any complaints about that. Yeah. I I don't think someone's saying, "Oh, you know Dane Cook, you know the ugly comedian guy." Right. So yeah, you could even have it as a revenge story, right? Like he was picked on at school. Or whatever, you know, and then he's just he goes on a rampage banging these girls <laughs> and they all suffer horrible fates. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. 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 And then and then we get to the point and the other thing that does not work is as Aunt mentioned a little bit earlier, is that their way of making Jessica Alba not just the you know, just a good looking uh, model type person like the rest of the women in the movie is to make her clumsy. Yeah. So, like, that was the that was the choice for how do we make her not seem as fake and phony as the rest of the girls in this movie. Um, and it was a poor choice and a poor job of acting <laughs> by by one Miss Alba. It it's so grating just to be like the slapstick is just awful. Uh, yeah. I hate it. Yeah. This is yeah. Four Christmases. Yeah. Slapstick is like the same Four Christmases. Shout out, Juwan. I see you. Yeah. <laughs> I, see what, I see what gets you laughing. I, I think... slamming their faces into fake icebergs. I, I think the problem there is Jessica Alba is too beautiful to really care about if she's clumsy. Like, who gives a shit, you know? Mm-hmm. You're, you're. Of course, you're going to be willing to put up with someone who trips over their own feet if it's Jessica Alba. That's yeah. it's whatever. But if you if you're taking a normal person, then it might be like, okay, this is a little strange. Uh, I don't know if I'm willing to be with someone who's constantly, you know, it. What uh, Murphy's Law, right? Anything that's going to happen will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a little more understanding. But hey, people are. In in the 2000s, people were willing to probably cut off their left arm to be with Jessica Alba. Yeah. So I, yeah. to me, it doesn't. It's not believable 
where it's like, oh, okay, well, that's her quirk. Yeah. It could be literally anything else. It's yeah. also it's also not a thing in real life. That's that's what I have such a hard like have a hard time in. It's like nobody is that accident prone, you right. know. It's not, a, it's not a real character flaw. If you're trying to get this to be, if try some other way to make her relatable. I mean, honestly, if you're trying to make him fall for someone that's relatable, you probably shouldn't have cast Jessica Alba, to be honest with you. Sure. Probably find somebody that is like, you know, still pretty good looking, obviously, but maybe, you know, do the Rachel Lee Cook thing. Give her, give her yeah. a ponytail and some glasses and some uh suspenders or whatever uh, overalls jenna fisher would be perfect yeah right she's uh, very she's very plain jane but she's still very pretty yeah so she she toes the line there yeah but uh yeah. someone yeah. someone just you know constantly just being uh, accident prone that's not a thing no go ahead mark yeah i, I was gonna say the uh, the main thing that they and, and a lot of this stuff wasn't even like clumsy being it it was you know, I guess absent-minded is probably closer to it. You know, the locking the keys in the car, leaving the lights on, like, and and then I I guarantee you, well, not guarantee, God knows what these people were doing in the writer's room, but um, that the idea for her character came out of that whole thing that her brother called her Murphy because of Murphy's Law. Mm. And then it was like, all right, let's build the character from that. Um, and then built the character and then went to the casting and were like, all right, who should we put next to Dane Cook? Well, why don't we get Jessica Alba? Well, she doesn't really fit <laughs> the kind of character we're doing here. Um, and then it just, it just, it's a complete mess from the jump. Um, with all this, it was it, in a movie where they do every kind of, um, phobic that you can think of, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that, um, I'm surprised they didn't go a step here and do something that would have been seen nowadays as something, you know, problematic now, um, with her. Can I ask you fellas a question? Yes. Mm-hmm. Very important. Uh, say you have this power, right? And yep. a friend of yours, it's it's kind of like the receptionist. Uh, her husband died. She wants to find love. Do you just give out this power willy-nilly? Or do you tell them, hey, uh, I'm not doing this for you because I am not uh you know i'm not just a piece of meat uh i'd get paid come on so you would get yeah. paid for it oh yeah okay mark w- would you say out of the kindness out of your heart yeah i mean uh, the get paid part is for everybody that um i think the receptionist would be the exception you know i might do that for free just to she's a good person and you mm-hmm. know husband died and all that yeah, um, sure. sort of thing there's, there's but, some pro bono work you know yeah so. yeah but 99 percent of it is going to be I, it's it, it would be a completely different movie. He so would be having advertisements and TV commercials and going through it. Um, but yeah, I would probably I would assume I would get to the point that he got to, and that it's just like what what am I doing? Uh, either I have to raise my rates or you know <laughs> like there needs there needs to be something like chasing that high um, sort of thing because at some point like he said it just becomes like. Like nothing, he just lays there, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, so, just just unfulfilling. So yeah, you guys would become male escorts essentially. No, we're paying for our matchmaking service. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. That's what the tax forms will say. <laughs> right. So I would help nobody. <laughs> I would hoard it like it was King Solomon's mom. It would. I would give it to nobody. So you're being celibate. Yeah, I would do the exact opposite. Really, you would withdraw oh, yeah. from but society. But only if they really needed it. 
I would say no. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. Can... I think I think I think me and Mark are on the morally right side of this. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Even though we're getting paid for it. I mean, you know, my... if you're good at something, never do it for free. <laughs> um... my, my hog is it's not for <laughs> sale like that. Wow. Yeah. Mm. If if it's my amazing amazing turn, I did not expect this. If a good friend of mine was saying, "Hey, I'm having trouble getting a life partner. Uh, I, I I need that dick." Like, well, look elsewhere, sweetheart. <laughs> wow. Not here. <laughs> Closed. Closed for business. So, good luck, Chuck. From 2007, is directed by Mark Helfrich, who only directed an episode of Bones and the pilot for Prison Break, but. He is Brett Ratner's editor of choice, including editing Rush Hours 1 through 3, X-Men The Last Stand, Red Dragon, as well as the two Jumanji sequels, Four Christmases, and many more. It stars Dane Cook, Jessica Alba, Dan Fogler, Chalen Simmons, Alia English, and Lonnie Ross. Very small cast list but in terms of like people that actually have speaking roles. IMDb score 5.6 and a Rotten Tomato score of 5%. Oof. Budget $25 million. Box office $35 million. So it made made its money back. But I don't I I feel like people forgot about this movie and good riddance, to be honest with you. But apparently people honest, love it. What? I yeah. I totally forgot that there was a third rush hour movie. Yep. <laughs> it's I only thought there was two, but so we learned a little something today. <laughs> yeah, this feels like that whole time period where uh, people like Dane Cook and they were trying to make Johnny Knoxville a movie star, and just yeah. that whole segment of movies just completely out of your mind. Oh yeah, Sean William Scott uh, too. Yeah, I like yeah. Sean William Scott. <laughs> I mean, he's the lesser of the three evils. Yeah, yeah. He could actually act. Yeah, yeah. and he's probably he's better as a support role more oh, than yeah. be the movie star. Yeah. Just uh, J- just Jason Bateman. No, not Jason Bateman. What's his name? The the fucking kid from American Pie, the pie fucker. Oh, Jason um, Biggs. Jason Biggs. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, he's in a he's in a Dane Cook movie. My best friend's girl. My best friend's girl. Oof. That was yeah. also terrible. Yeah, that one looks, from what I remember, looks <laughs> even worse than this. You, you know, that actually that reminds me. Uh, for some reason, I got my best friend's girl and. What was the movie with Owen Wilson and uh, oh I can't remember he like moves in with his his best friend the guy from something about Mary oh right it's that's not Drillbit Taylor right that's the other I, one that's what I watched Drillbit Taylor this week <laughs> and I and I guess there was like a, a chain of well all right so I watched Good Luck Chuck Employee of the Month. Let me watch, because I thought... What are you doing with your life? You should <laughs> go back to watching The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'll, I'll give you a pass. <laughs> if this is what you watch when you're not watching that movie, go watch it. I, yeah, I, I don't know you what... Dupree. You mean Dupree. So that's what I thought Drillbit Taylor was. <laughs> which I thought was uh, my best friend's girl. Oh man, the 2000 man, we're just proving that the 2000s are awful. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts yeah. should get shot into space. If you could we, shoot a decade into space, it should be the yeah. 2000s. I was just saying we should all come together as a, a civilization and just say, listen, from 2001 to 2009, nothing oh. happened. You know, yeah. you know before but Mark before you say anything. Yeah. You know who directed You Me and Dupree? Oh. Zack Snyder. Uh, other side, the Russo brothers. Get out of here. 
kid you not. Oh my goodness. Wow. What is going on? We gotta start somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah so good, good luck, Chuck reminded me of the which is why I brought up Johnny Knoxville of the movie The Ringer. And, oh God. You know. Man, God, why are oh, we're this, just we're just befouling this, this podcast. This, is what this movie has done to us. We have have to relive this shit. Yeah, I blame it on this was also the time period when Netflix movie delivery service was a thing, and you would just put on a bunch of movies that you kind of knew people on, you know, and that's why a lot of these movies, um, you know, were, were probably seen at the oh. time, and then everybody just forgot about them because they never really came to streaming services yeah. or weren't very, like, promoted that they were on streaming services. All right. We could spend all day talking about this yeah. fucking decade. But we are going to take, uh, before we go, take a quick break. Dan, do you want to plug something? Sure. Uh, I would like to talk about our friend Tia and her podcast, The Top Ten with Tia, which I had the honor of being a guest on this past weekend. Uh, we covered the top ten worst endings of a movie, and it was a lot of fun. Tia and Brittany are so much fun to talk to, and they're very knowledgeable. A lot of they're very funny. So please go listen to their podcast, Top Ten with Tia. Uh, you can follow her at TC underscore Stark on Twitter. Uh, it's a so her podcast is essentially they just run down top ten lists. So like I said, top ten worst endings, top ten you know best Rob Schneider movies so on and so forth. So yeah, go check her out. She's a big fan of the podcast. Uh, she also writes for Geek Vibes Nation. Go give her a sh- go give her a look. She's insanely talented and insanely nice. Great. And yeah, we're going to take a quick break, but before we do, we're going to take a minute to sl- listen to some friends of the podcast. So we'll be right back. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoGuroParleyHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are a companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Hey, uh, Earl, why don't you tell them about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you could tell them about the time I kicked her ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell them Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me, as I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. And welcome back. Now, time to get into the plot for Good Luck Chuck. We open on, you might think, by the cars, meaning this movie, which takes place predominantly in 2007, has more 80s music than Wonder Woman 1984. So glad you yes. brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping that W. We open a party in 1985 with a whole bunch of 10 to 12-year-olds playing Seven Minutes in Heaven. We meet Stu and Charlie. Charlie is nervous. Stu acts like he knows it all, but is more or less clueless. Charlie hopes to get to go in with one girl, but some goth girl is giving him the eyes. 
Stu gets to go into the closet with a girl who is not pleased, to say the least, and then Stu shows himself to be a complete creep, basically threatening to spread rumors about the girl who doesn't even want to kiss him. And then Charlie goes into the closet with the goth girl, who then attempts to rape Charlie. Yeah. And then when he resists, she hexes him, and that he'll never be happy. And then we cut to present day, where Charlie has sex with a girl on the beach. Starts off shirtless in jeans, which is a weird look for just about anyone. And just that close-up was like, oh, how much yeah. longer is this going on for? Yeah, we're forced to see Dane Cook's blowjob face, and HD is mm. not kind to it. And then his girl says she loves him, and Charlie refuses to say it back, and then she leaves. Then he confides in his friend Stu. And question for you guys. Has Stu had consensual sex that he hasn't paid for? Yeah, 100%. He has. Yes, I think okay. so. Uh, I'm on the fence. Because with his profession... <laughs> I think he probably gave out some favors. Okay. So it was like, hey, Doc, if you help me out here, you know, I'll take you for a spin. And Stu's not saying no to that. Okay, so you think he's bartered uh, plastic surgery for sex? 100%, yes. <laughs> okay, so so maybe consensual and not paid for, but still kind of not particularly uh, moral? <laughs> right. Like. Oh, I would say, <laughs> yeah, he, it's yeah. not like he met a girl at a bar, hit it off, uh, went on a couple of dates, and then they sealed the deal. No, I think it's essentially, hey, listen, I, if you give me uh, some money off of this, I'll help you out. Gotcha. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> okay. They talk about a wedding Charlie is inexplicably invited to of an ex. We find out Stu is a plastic surgeon and Charlie is a dentist. And Stu is maybe the most reprehensible person in any comedy ever. I'm wondering why Stu got invited. Um, right. Unless if I he think, was Dane Cook's plus one. I think he's Dane Cook's plus one because okay. that's the whole conversation. He's like, of course I want to go. And then he's like, you know how easy it is to get laid at a, after a wedding or whatever? It's never yeah. easy, by the way. <laughs> I know That's a lie, kids <laughs> listening out there. <laughs> well, the other thing I, I kind of hated about the, the 2000s comedies anytime there's a dentist they always 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 make the joke that they're not a real doctor mm-hmm. always it's 100 percent guaranteed if there's a dentist in the movie that's a character like a, a main character it will be dropped that they are not a real doctor yeah yeah I, absolutely I, at least the one line dane cook's character has in this movie is at least a truthful line like because she says why a dentist and he's like because i couldn't make it in medical school yeah, and like, that's always okay. a joke all right, that, that's just... better than just saying he's not a real doctor, just, you know. But yeah, I get your point. It's always, you know, dentists aren't real doctors. Yeah. I'd take a dentist's salary any day of the week. I was just going to yep. say, if you want to if you want to disrespect me that way and I'm making dentist pay, I'm all for it. <laughs> hey, don't call me a doctor. I don't give a shit. I'm making, uh, you know, six figures. Yep. I, know, I know he jokes later in the movie, but I, I have serious doubts that uh, Stu has a medical license. Oh, yeah. That would be a great twist. He should lose it. Yeah. Many times he should be losing it. There's no way. I mean, especially in this day and age, there's no way he doesn't get outed for uh, sexual harassment. Yeah. He literally allows Dane Cook to walk into like an exam, a breast exam. Right. (laughs) Yeah. There's got to be some type of a Hippocratic oath. Right. Or just common decency, really. <laughs> yeah, not be an awful human being. Which right. which flew once again in 2007. You could get away with being a complete shit person. It's it's just the way it was. 
Who I mean now, the apprentice aired then? Yeah. Who who is the gentleman who directed the Joker? Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips. It, this was like Todd Phillips' favorite time period. Yeah. Yep. Like, oh, you could joke about whatever. Now you can't joke about anything anymore. Like, no, it's what you joked about in the two thousands was just not good. It's not <laughs> funny. And yeah. now you actually have to work to be funny. Yep. That's why he's making prestige pictures like Joker. <laughs> right. And then in twenty seconds we get two stereotypes. We get a sassy black woman who plays the as the receptionist, and then we transition to the wedding where there's an Asian guy singing karaoke, and he's the only Asian guy there, and he's the only person we see sing karaoke. And then the bride gives a toast and thanks Charlie for being a lucky charm, and then all the girls at the wedding gossip about Charlie, who's confused, and he sees Jessica Alba be klutzy because it's the lazy way to explain why she's single. I was expecting the bomb to drop which I was giving this movie way too much credit, which is one of my character flaws, that uh, it was going to be something like her last uh, relationship, the person died of like a disease, like cancer or something. You know, and that's why she was You sick. think they were going to drop the cancer bomb and good luck, Chuck? No, that's <laughs> heavy cancer. But <laughs> I thought that was going to be the thing, you know, when like later on when, when Chuck and Jessica Alba's brother have a conversation, it was going to be like, man, don't you know her last relationship the person died i was all expecting that because there everything was a trope in this and that would have been well, that, the trope that if i'm chuck that doesn't make me horny her that's pretty bad her ex-boyfriend got torn to pieces by polar bears and that's why she's obsessed with penguins because they're yeah. on the <laughs> other side of the world because <laughs> there are no polar bears that's why i also hate the fact that she studies penguins oh, there's so much fucking penguin talk in this yeah. movie None of it's interesting. Like I like penguins; they're they're cute. But this movie makes it just unbearable. Yeah. Yep. And then they have I know some. The word Jenku or Jenku or whatever. I don't even that remember. That's like a penguin. Yep. And then they have some male conversation about nonsense until she spills something on him, and Stu arrives just in time to point out that it looks like he came in his pants. Then during the bouquet toss, it hits a dove and then falls into the hands of the girl that just broke up with Charlie. The next day at the office. The waiting room is filled with girls from the wedding who are happy to see Chuck. They're ready to get laid at the dentist office because that's where you got to get laid. <laughs> Such a romantic setting. Yeah. And then Chuck goes to Stu's office and Stu brings him into the back right into an appointment where a woman is topless. And like I said, how does Stu even have a job still? So Chuck confides in Stu and says everything's been really weird. A lot of pretty women have been going to his office so they walk and talk about the weirdness in the office and then they see the girl that caught the bouquet is now trying on a wedding dress the very day after she met somebody and she says that charlie is her lucky charm and chuck goes home his answering machine is full of messages from women that he's never met before asking for dates by the way that is the biggest invasion of privacy in this movie that whoever advertised that a good luck charm put because i doubt he puts his home telephone number on his business cards or business ads unless like, it's the emergency line i don't know um, true that's true but also it's 2007 phone books still exist oh that's okay. true those were a thing can you imagine if this were in like if this movie was set in today's period where you have like tinder and bumble and all that he would yeah. never get any sleep nope yeah he probably has dds on his uh on his name too it's probably charles it's probably easy really easy to find him that's true. Yeah. yeah, he'd be seem like a type of guy that would put that in his phone book entry. Yeah, that's the whole Pretty thing. Sure. With that, that's I think that's one of the reasons why I never really got into 
Dane Cook is that because he always acts like he's the funniest guy in the room, right? There's like no humility humility in him. I think that's also the reason why I don't really like Ryan Reynolds either. The well, same he, reason. And he also acts like the aw shucks kind of guy. Yeah. It's like he's the most grounded person ever when he's really not. Yeah. I think that's the reason why he just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. He's definitely, Dane Cook is definitely a poor man's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jessica Alba, Cam, as her name is, works with penguins, and she does her klutzy thing and falls into a pool, chipping her tooth, partially because of her brother, not Jimmy Fallon. Chuck goes on a date with a girl who just jumps him as soon as he gets into the car, and she gives him the lowdown. He's supposed to be a lucky charm. And any girl that has sex with him will find their true love immediately afterwards. But before they have sex, Cam calls him and asks him if he can do an emergency dentist appointment, and he agrees. So he fixes her tooth, and they have some more banal conversation about penguins and Chuck's charity work, and then she winds up flinging sharp instruments into his back. I don't really know why he needed those for that appointment. <laughs> I totally forgot about the charity work. Never comes up again. <laughs> Never. It, and it's like they really pointed out like, oh, yeah, I go to where does he like Haiti or he, he goes to a village that's uh, not well off. Yeah. And he, he helps the children there, which is really nice. It's very sweet. And you would think that this would play some role later in the movie. Like, oh, you know, things didn't work out with Jessica Alba. I'm going to go to again. I'm, I'm going to go to Haiti and help the kids there. And. That's where we find him later. Nope, it's never brought I, up again. I think it's trying to show him that he's the opposite of Stu. Is sure. what I think it's trying to do. Yeah, I mean, it's really to show that he's a nice guy. Yeah. Yep. But again, it's really, that's something that's kind of, you would think is important. Nope. <laughs> no, but it's it definitely ain't. not. Surface uh, level writing. Yeah. So he asks to take her to dinner, and then she turns him down. Then she leaves, and then she comes back immediately because her car won't start. So he gives her a jump, and then she lets electrocutes him because she doesn't listen to him and then she locks her keys in the car so he has to drive her home and this is a long sequence of events yeah it turns out that she left her house key in the car too so she winds up having to break her own window eventually he brings her back to her car and she her her skirt gets closed in the car door so it rips off her skirt and then she still will not have dinner with him so charlie goes home and his receptionist has been waiting for him and at his apartment and rapes him yeah next, yeah there's no other shorter way to explain that yeah he relents but yeah. he he never really wants to so that's right <laughs> <laughs> and the next day chuck and Stu just kind of hang out at the park as the only two single guys there among a bunch of families which i just found odd <laughs> and throwing a frisbee back and forth yeah Stu explains to chuck that regardless of whether or not chuck is a lucky charm this means that chuck now has access to a whole bunch of quote-unquote trim question because it just popped in my head if they would have been throwing a football would this have been like the room <laughs> that'd have been great like well they're not they're part. not in tuxes right yeah. <laughs> they, they're not in formal wear that would have been like, like you kind of transcend it there right? right you could throw the frisbee around but you have to be in like some sort of formal wear <laughs> absolutely and then we get a really long montage of fucking which is basically the same montage from Wedding Crashers, and it winds up transphobic out of nowhere at the end. Yeah. Yeah, that was a rough scene. <laughs> yeah. The uh, My only thought in this uh, entire sequence was, did they shoot this all in a day or two, or did Dane Cook make them stretch it out over a week? <laughs> <laughs> just, just kept messing it up. Yeah. 
Uh, I think we need a couple more girls. I don't think we got enough for the montage. Now, now another question. How many, because there's no real, they don't show the, the uh, length of time that's going on here. In a day, how much is Chuck helping out these women? Mm, I'm going to say anywhere between, I'm going to say on like a weekend, he's probably doing six to a day. Okay, that's not a lot of time for turnaround. That is a lot, though. Right? Yeah. Or is he going to their place, or are they going to his place? It's not it, It's not really specified, right? Yeah, let's cap it at four. How about... Yeah, because there's yeah, a lot of time for traveling, cleaning up, the yeah. refractory period. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, and he's 35. Let's be, let's be honest. He's 35 yeah. in this movie. You know, he's not, he's not 18. Right. Yeah, he can't just keep going and going and going. He's not the yeah. Energizer Bunny, really. Yeah, right. The, uh, or the impromptu ones with police officers to pull him over. Right. Yeah, you have to leave time for the impromptu sex sessions. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. You're at the grocery store, all of a sudden you're getting a handy or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it, it, for Chuck, it's just happening. It's all, It almost feels like a constant. Right. At one yeah. time, it's just like that, that Futurama episode where the soul is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right. Yeah, it's like there got to be a point where he's just like, you know what, I really, I'm not in the mood to have sex for the rest of the day. Right, he has to work. Yeah. So it, like he's getting again, he's borderline no sleep probably. I'm yeah, I'm assuming he's having sex once once a day during the week, mm-hmm. and he's turning it on during the weekend. And this, I feel like it spans months then that this is happening, right? Uh, I would say maybe a month. Maybe a month. Maybe a month. Yeah. Okay. Three or four weeks, I would say. Okay, I think that seems fair because in that montage they just there's a ridiculous amount of women that they show, mm-hmm. and yeah. so if we if we're capping it at one a day, yeah, mm-hmm. you're probably looking at a month or two. Yeah, I mean he is a he's a dentist, so he's probably you know he's probably working ten ten hour days. Yeah, ten yeah, twelve and, hours. And weekends possibly, right? Yeah, emergency well, calls. Maybe. Yeah, sure. He he should have set up a system. Or, mm-hmm. <laughs> he the should have had system, <laughs> the dentist system yes yeah. uh he should have had his secretary kind of like you know keep my women in in check here like all right you have a you have an appointment at this time and this time that would have been fun to see and so right. just she, being an all bank she's session. in on it too she knows exactly it's not like it's not like he's got to keep it secret from her it was like right. you know what the deal is lady yeah so it's essentially like all right i'll help you here but at the same time you have to help me yeah i think that's like his personal assistant yeah, right. Just, I imagine like these women just coming to his house and the the receptionist is there too. Like I saw you <laughs> earlier. <laughs> so Stu and Chuck hang out, and Chuck tells him that all the sex has become unfulfilling. And meanwhile, Stu tells him that he fucked a grapefruit. <laughs> so I'm not laughing at the scene. I'm laughing at the way you delivered it. <laughs> you had to find a way to one up the pie. Yeah, that's a good point, Mark. That's right. We'll show those guys. <laughs> so Chuck sees some penguins on TV, so he decides to go talk to Cam. And we get a long scene of him trying to convince her to go out with him, and eventually she relents. And they go out on a date, and there's more fucking talking about penguins. <laughs> Afterwards, Chuck tells Stu that he's basically giving up this charm deal in order to date Cam. And Stu shows off his Pamela Anderson implants he bought at auction, because Stu is reprehensible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's- yeah. He's so over the top with it, man. It's I wish they gave it like scenes to breathe with yeah. how terrible he is. Yeah. Because you could always like, all right, he's terrible, but you only see him every so often. That's yeah. fine. But he's in a large portion of this movie. Yeah. 
this movie this movie is essentially shallow hal and he's essentially the jason alexander character yes and the problem with both of these movies those guys both get what are essentially happy the happy endings at the movie at the end i don't mean that as a euphemism um that are unearned neither of them deserve happiness no yeah they're both really bad people um i think cam and chuck go on another date and they go back to her place start making out and moves to the bedroom but then Stu calls to tell chuck that he's done research and he says that every girl chuck has ever slept with is now married the very next guy that they've met so chuck afraid that he's going to have sex with cam and then she's going to find somebody else he leaves and hopes to undo the curse before he sleeps with her Chuck and Stu set out to test the curse by having Chuck sleep with the most reprehensible person they could find. Some stereotypically large woman by the name of Eleanor who is uh, uh, has a terrible personality, too, to go with it. And God, the less I say about the sequence of events, the better. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but that, again, that was uh, 2000s comedy right there. Yep. And then Cam is at work, said that Chuck hasn't called, and she's sad about it. And then he calls, saying he's been sick. So then we get another montage of Chuck and Cam falling in love, all while social distancing because Chuck is still pretending he's sick. And Stu buys another grapefruit to fuck. Which brought my question to this. was What was the to- the sex toy situation in 2007? Were fleshlights not invented yet? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I would think that if they were, he would have multiples of them. Yeah, right. Because right? he had more than enough money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stu is loaded. If he's a yeah. plastic surgeon yeah. in oh, L.A. Yeah. of all places. Yeah. He's probably I, a millionaire, right? Yeah. He's making seven figure a year. OK. Yeah. So and they, they at least had the blow up dolls. Right. We but probably not like sure. the real dolls. Right? No. Yeah. We, we don't have the futuristic ones now. Yeah. But uh, it's better than a, oh, I don't I, I'm not sure. I don't want to give myself away here. <laughs> Right. <laughs> a grapefruit was in your fruit of choice. Is what you're <laughs> you'll have to read. You'll have to read. You'll have to read Dan's Vice article about what's better to stick your dick in, a grapefruit <laughs> or a fleshlight. It's my Ted Honeydews and cantaloupes, a man's journey. <laughs> <laughs> Underrated. Honeydews, the money melon, man. <laughs> Everyone knows that. <laughs> Splurge and buy two. Haha, <laughs> 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 we caught you, Dan. <laughs> I gave myself away. It was only a matter of time, really. I've always tiptoed around it. <laughs> the, the montage ends and Chuck, Chuck six stew on the reprehensible chick that he fucked in order to see if the charm works. And then Chuck and Cam talk on the phone while they're both in tubs, which is it's weird to me when people are in tubs. Did Stu and Chuck scene? Um, they did the stupid thing of pulling the friend card. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, which I made me roll my that. eyes really hard. Yeah, yeah, they mime actually pulling the card out. Card out. Yeah. Ugh. And I just think it's really weird that people are in tubs. I don't think that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then she initiates phone sex and sends him a naked picture, which was probably like 200 pixels at best. Yeah, on that flip phone. That oh, but had. those things were gold when you got them. <laughs> I'll tell you, those things were, that was like the pinnacle. <laughs> that was so phones. futuristic. Yeah, uh, it's, I was a fan. <laughs> I yeah, wasted I, those minutes and all that. Just like... <laughs> If only if only I could go back and tell and tell my dad what was happening, you know, because I would always get in trouble if you if you received pictures or text messages, you know, they didn't have the plans that we do now. Yeah, Yeah, that that was a lot. You got in a lot of trouble for receiving and sending text messages. (laughs) I I just have a vivid memory of being at a party at Penn State and I still had my Nokia brick phone thing and like 
03 and 04, and a guy next to us just yelling about being able to see naked chicks on his phone, whatever <laughs> phone he had. I think he might have had like the Razor sidekick or something, the first one to have <laughs> photos. And he's just like, dude, look, look, I got titties on my phone. <laughs> and oh, I'm like, that's... oh, who would want photos on their phone? That's probably a really small screen. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Little did we know. Uh, and that's what really drives technology. Yep. <laughs> What's oh, is, the yeah. best way we could view boobies on the that's that's why iPhones started to get bigger again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We needed better quality. Anyone who tells you differently is lying. But guys, a little, a little tip. When a girl sends you a naked picture, keep that to yourself. That's yeah, that's the gentlemanly thing to do. Yeah, don't, don't put it share. in your iCloud. Don't share it with anybody else that yeah. she didn't send it for. That's and a girl that's probably a, don't take yeah. That's a bar stool move if yeah, you show it to your Absolutely. Boys. Yeah, and women and girls don't trust guys because guys are awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're bad. Yeah, we are. We are the epitome of the worst. This has been your life pro tip of the day. Yeah. Now back to the episode. <laughs> but then Stu calls and said that he fucked the reprehensible chick and that he's not marrying her, so it doesn't look like the charm is actually real. So Chuck is in the clear to go fuck Cam, and they do. And she might be sexually attracted to penguins. Oh, it's she's one hundred percent attracted to penguins, right? We find yeah. that at the end. Yeah. Oh God, the worst mid-credit scene ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in in the morning, Chuck watches Cam sleep, then goes to make her coffee, and he sees a news report that has that reprehensible chick in love with some other guy. So he calls Stu, and Stu admits that he didn't have sex with her because he didn't want to risk it, and rightfully so. Like yeah. this that, is the only good decision Stu makes. The, yeah. <laughs> that scene actually made me chuckle a little bit. Because of how like nonchalant Stu is when he's talking on the phone, like oh god, why would I have done that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because okay. that's that's overextending the friend card. Like oh, but yeah. please fall in love, like have sex with her, so that you have to marry this girl. All right, I, that, Stu, I need you to fall on this sword for me, bud. That's not that, what real friends do. And she has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. No, none. If, if one of you guys asked me to do that, I would just beat the shit out of you. <laughs> Dan, I need you to go like date that that woman and just swift uppercut coming your way. And then Chuck goes out the deep end, becoming the clingiest person of all time. Keeps calling her, buys her an unhealthy amount of flowers and balloons and a barbershop quartet. Eventually, he jumps out of a big present dressed as a penguin and she tells him to leave. After work, he surprises her in her car and she asks him to leave immediately. Chuck goes to work the next day, and Stu is pretending to be Chuck in order to have sex with one of the patients. That's fun. Um, <laughs> that's, well, it's illegal. <laughs> yes, it is. That's another rape scene. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, Revenge of the Nerds style. Stu tells Chuck that he has to let her go. He's got to let he's got to let Cam go. So he does the exact opposite and goes to her work with intentions to the propose. And winds up attacking a penguin expert by the name of what he thinks is George, and he tries to go talk to Cam and falls into the penguin pool and gets bit in the dick. So while he's getting arrested, he finds out the big date with George he saw on her calendar, which isn't something I mentioned because it's, who cares, was a hair appointment that she had and wasn't the guy at the, at the uh, penguin exhibit. So, all right, so we know the whole point is that when Chuck sleeps with a woman, the next person they date is going to marry them, right? Why can't that, he just date her? I don't know. Right. Like, like, all right, he sleeps with her and he goes immediately. Hey, listen, I really like you. I think we should, you know, be a thing. Yep. Doesn't that does that circumvent the curse? I would think so, because the girl on the beach, I think they were together for a long enough time for her to say that she was that she loved him. Right. Yes. And then he so fucked he it threw up that because, away. 
Yeah, because he's a child, and you know uh, the the whole trope of I can't say I love you because I have commitment <laughs> issues, which is not really explored. Yeah. Outside of that first woman. Right. Nope. So no one grows here. That's always good. <laughs> yeah. That's the important message. <laughs> it was all just one big waste of time. <laughs> it's an ending. <laughs> so, in a depressive state, Chuck realizes that he has to find the girl that put a hex on him to reverse it. And then he walks in on Stu fucking a grapefruit. Once again with a grapefruit. And yeah, then, and, and his only response is, can a man masturbate in his own home? Mm-hmm. Which is a valid it's question. It's fair. Yeah. It is fair. Yeah, he <laughs> just walks in. He is not. He's not given permission to enter the the domicile. Right. He's not given the. Uh, he's not given the heads up text. Hey, I'm outside. Yeah. I mean, we're not here to kink shame Stu. They just lean, lean on it a lot. The grapefruit. We see him buying a grapefruit. We see him like decoring a grapefruit. It's like we get it. He fucks grapefruits. Right. Yes, he's a fan. Yeah. And then Cam starts feeling bad about how it went with Chuck. And sort of gets victim blamed by her brother because she didn't want to be around a super possessive person that may have worn her skin. Um, Chuck finds Anisha, the goth girl's house. She's now a normal looking mom with a husband. She makes him realize that there was no hex in reality. He decides that he has to set Cam free. So Chuck goes home and sets up a date between Cam and the handsome penguin expert Howard that she said that she was going to meet at a conference. And they seem to hit it off. Chuck is sad and spends all day playing Xbox. Stu comes over and tells him that he's engaged and it was one of the girls that Chuck had sex with that was self-conscious about her chest. It turns out she has three breasts, meaning she's perfect for Stu, the one character that does not deserve a happy ending. Absolutely. They also tell Chuck that Cam is going to Antarctica with a penguin expert. So we have a mad dash to the airport scene. Pays for two class, first class tickets for, for like $20,000 and he deals with nonsense and security. And then he gets on the plane, but it's not the right one. So he has to go to the other one. And he has a long speech about getting back together. Turns out Howard, the penguin expert, has a wife the whole time. And he gives her a pebble because penguins, again, with these fucking penguins. And then they kiss on the plane. And it turns out the goth chick was actually a real witch that put a hex on him this whole time. And she decides to de-hex his um, voodoo doll that she had of him. And then we flash forward to one year later, and they're still together in, in Antarctica, where they make out in front of penguins and their tongues stick together. And then that's the end. And then we get the worst mid credit scene ever, where the three boob chick and Stu watch a video of Chuck pretending he's going down on a stuffed animal penguin. And then credits. This, I hated this, this movie. Is, it, is this one of the uh, first movies that um, uh, showed the act of eating ass in a movie? Analingus. Yeah. Uh, at least on a plush toy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole point of that mid-credits thing should have been to just show the three boobs. Yeah, I'm surprised they, they didn't show that. They did. They oh, did. They did. In, they did. In the mid-credits scene, yeah. Oh, okay. They saved that for the mid-credits scene. Yeah. Marvel. That should have been the whole point of that. The whole the whole video thing, in my opinion, in the would have made it better section of that thing, would have just been if it was like some kind of wholesome video. Like, not, not anything sexual at all. Yeah. That would have been even worse for Stu. Right, because then it turns them off. Yeah. Yeah. Are you in the mood? No, not really. <laughs> yeah, that would have been, because they're both terrible people. Oh, yep. man, you're just talking about penguins in this video. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I, uh... yeah, as Anne said, this movie is god-awful. Um, it it has no redeeming qualities at all, and that, that's a lot coming from me for those of you that have listened to this podcast before. There's, yeah, it's it's you know. uninteresting. It it says nothing. Yeah. Outside right? of the fact that Jessica Alba looks pretty good in this movie, there sure. is zero redeemable qualities. Um, and like I said, I think they hit every phobic 
you know, there's the transphobic, there's fat phobic, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you know, I don't um, think there's homophobic. Yeah. Oh, we get the F bomb. We get oh, the F bomb. Yes, that's yep. true. Yes. Yep. Yep. It, it hits just about everything. But in the park, I think he says it, right? No, uh, no. Uh, I think it's at the, the, uh, at the office. Yeah, when he okay. says it, you know, not going to. I don't know if it's when he says he's not going to have sex with people because of the good luck charm or, or that he's going to hold out for Cam or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons. Of, of course, Stu drops it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it was just a movie that felt like it felt like a combination of trying to be um, what uh or i should say trying too hard to be what they thought the culture wanted at that point um or maybe that's just a a looking back on it because it seemed like all the the jokes and the the forced little slapstick comedy moments were all forced and not as much of a part of it i'm sure if we go back and watch some apatow movies we'll see some of the same things um but those felt like they weren't like a bunch of people that didn't know how to write comedy just sitting in a room going, all right, well, we saw this in that one movie. Why don't he, uh, uh, he hits an old lady with the Frisbee and she takes the Frisbee away. Ah, that's funny, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like sort of like, you know, dumb stuff like that. Or or the Stu character is just reprehensible. That's funny. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, you can't, we would have to have a whole nother podcast and completely rewrite this movie to try to do a how to make this better. Yeah, I think the difference between Judd Apatow movies and this, even if you go back and see Knocked Up or 40-Year-Old Virgin, if there are things that are some sort of questionable, those are always in the part of the movie before the character learns a lesson. Yeah. You know, like Seth Rogen in in, in Knocked Up, he's, you know, he's maybe he's not like homophobic or anything like that, but he's He's a loser. He's a loser. So eventually he learns to pick himself out of his loserdom. And, you know, put gets his shit together. He's probably a little misogynistic, to be honest with you. Sure. I haven't seen Knocked Up in a long time, but probably. Um, but that's the po- that's what uh, happens when someone writes comedy well or writes a, a, a script that has character arcs. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They might be shitty in the beginning, but then they turn it around and they are people that you wind up rooting for. This movie is, there's no one worth rooting for in this. No. Not even Jessica Alba. No. And, like, yeah, she's cute, but, like, is she... L- in this movie, is it like when they say, "Well, what's the sexiest movie character of all time?" It's not this. Like, no. if anything, her character in Sin City would probably be a hundred times picked before this. Yeah, well, and because she's mysterious, you don't really know much about her. She's a dancer. Yeah. But she's the affection of everybody in that city. Everyone loves this chick. Yeah. Uh, so you want to learn more about her? Here, you you learn she's clumsy and, and she like likes penguins, and that's really it. You know, it's that's not a good character trait. Yeah. That that doesn't really flesh you out. You know, you could be clumsy and be something completely different. You you know, you could also be a genius. You could be good at sports. It just like, anything that helps you build as a character. Yeah, th- this movie just to me, I think they were just trying to make a raunchy comedy, uh, and they were trying to capitalize on uh, Dane Cook's stardom or a rising stardom at that point. Mm-hmm. And he, again, he's just, he wasn't meant to be. And that's okay. People fizzle out, you know, it's, it is what it is, but the, it's a product of its time. And it's not that long ago that this happened. So we can kind of, kind of look back and be like, Ugh, I can't believe that people allowed this. So it, it could be used as a cautionary tale when writing, but in, in order to make it better, 
I would probably switch it around a little bit. I would make Chuck gross. He would be an ugly dude where okay. no one wants to sleep with him. <laughs> but he has and his it, power. And he has his power, and it's kind of like, well, does Jessica... Maybe Jessica Alba is, like, the villain, sort of. You know, she she so badly wants to meet someone. Like, oh, well, I got to bang Chuck. He's gross. Like, you can make Chuck, like... Uh, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> uh, or like we said before, you can make it into a horror, right? Where uh, Chuck kind of goes off on this uh, this killing spree where no one knows who he is. And then like the twist at the end was, oh, you know, Chuck was the guy everyone made fun of in high school. It, like he changed his name or whatever. I don't know. His, his real name is like Mike, whatever. But um, yeah, it's and it, it turns out to be this final destination like everyone he sleeps with dies a gruesome death that would be because you don't no one has to learn anything in a horror movie really <laughs> that's true right <laughs> and no one has to grow as a character it's just you have to survive sure. um, and yeah, like maybe there what there was a hex that was put on him almost like pumpkin head uh <laughs> and like they the, the goal is they have to find the witch who put the hex on charlie <laughs> I would love if this movie started with Lance Henriksen and Holly. <laughs> that would be so great. So, the, yeah, like, the, he didn't, uh, Chuck didn't bang the witch or whatever, and the hex was put on him, and he was made fun of in high school, so he's just getting his revenge on all of these, you know, you have the cheerleader, you have the, uh, you could have a, jo- a jock in there, the popular girl, just like any random uh, trope that's in high school. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just like, yeah, he works his way down. And I think that would be pretty interesting at the very... It may not be good, but it'd be a hell of a lot more interesting than this. Yeah. yeah. And you could kill off Stu for no reason. Stu gets hit by a bus. Or yeah. Something. Decapitation. <laughs> the worst thing that you could think of happening to Stu. Well, the worst thing would be him, his junk getting cut off. Sure. Would yeah, be the worst thing for Stu. In a juicer. juicer. Yeah. That'd be hilarious. Oh, boy. I <laughs> or, just put two and two together. There. Or what Man, about... That's uh, pretty good. <laughs> like he, he's still in the um, in his profession, right? He's a plastic surgeon. Maybe he gets gored with some of his tools or something like that. Like, he gets his eye gouged out. I don't know what they use there in uh, in the uh, the office, but I'm assuming they're scalpels, right? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, or what about he... He gets his dick stuck in a grapefruit, and he's like, oh, this juicer here is... I put the grapefruit in the juicer, it loosens up the grapefruit, and then I'll be able to just slide my dick out. And it goes too far. Like, a, like you know, if you get your tie caught in, like, a, <laughs> right. a, a paper shredder. Sucks shredding. him in. <laughs> sucks him in from the dick first. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. And then he just dies of shock. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys want to plug your shit? Yeah, sure. So, uh... Go ahead, Mark. Um, I just want to go first just because uh, we do, um, you know, actually have uh, Stranger Damey stuff um, that's been hot and heavy going here. So um, if you've made it through this episode um, and haven't jumped off at any point, um, we are in the middle of getting ready for campaign two for Stranger Damey's. Um, we should be in the middle of the uh, character arcs by now. Um, you know, you guys talk about your um, the characters you created for it. I've done my world introduction. Um, so we are getting ready. Uh, March 3rd will be the first episode um, of Stranger Damies on the podcast feed, but you can watch us live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash gamepod um, for uh, streaming the entire session. Uh, so if you are a binge watcher, that would probably be the location to go and do that. 
because um, the rest of the episodes will be uh, parsed out um, in roughly one-hour chunks like before. Um, Instagram and Twitter is at Stranger Damies. That's where any updates and artwork um, will be found. Um, and then we have the Game Vault Pod, um, uh, which airs every other Monday. And um, they graciously uh, let us use our, their Twitch channel for uh, Stranger Damies. So be sure to uh, follow us there um, so you can watch a stream um, on Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and then at least two days over the weekend. Um, and yeah, yeah, just uh, as always, uh, keep an eye on our Twitter accounts for um, both of those for any scheduling updates or, um, you know, any any new information dropping. Dan, did you uh, uh, yeah, for me, just real simple at the Aquino 122 on Twitter uh, at Stranger Damies. We just hit 1500 followers. We did nice. it. We made it. We're, uh, we're in the, the pros now. Right. Where's our check mark? Uh, but yeah, uh, at Stranger Damies on Twitter and Instagram. Come say hi. Uh, we talk about more than just D&D there. So uh, we're welcome to talk about whatever you guys like. Okay, and this is They Called Us a Movie. You can find us everywhere you get your podcast just by searching They Called Us a Movie, but you could find us especially on Spreaker. Uh, we're the mainnaming.com. That is our main website where we post this as well as the Game Vault podcast, as well as Stranger Damies, and a whole bunch of other stuff. It's the mainnaming.com and on all socials just by searching the main Damie. We're also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com and wherever you get your podcasts and on all socials just by searching for geek vibes nation tons of great shows on there besides us top 10 with tia seen a nerd uh and a whole bunch of other great shows there's a nicks show i think there's a hockey show now a bunch of great shows if you're into geek stuff and some sports stuff too there's probably a show for you they are covering sorry to interrupt they are covering yeah. uh wandavision and i'm assuming that will probably continue into falcon and winter soldier okay so uh they do that live that's every saturday gotcha on the youtube channel just but Correct. just look for geek vibes nation you can find them on youtube as well and that's gonna wrap it up this has been good luck chuck the director of good luck chuck was mark helfrick so for dan aquino and mark myers this is anthony delvecchio telling mark helfrick well you certainly made a movie didn't you 